Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Over to you. Thank you very much, Esther. Good evening, everyone. How are we all doing? Can you hear me? I hope I'm yes, we clear. Can, uh, okay. Can hear you. Okay, great. Um, how are we doing? How are we? Good evening. How are we doing? I, I'd like to hear. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to say yes. I miss everyone as well. You guys don't even know how much. Um. Okay. It's good to it's good to hear that everyone is doing well. I hear that it's been raining <clears throat> cats and dog in Lagos over the past year, literally all of July. You know, showers of blessing. That's that's what we call it. That's our gift to you. For those of us that are July, oh, the rain has stopped. For those the, for those of, those of us that are born in July, right? Is our gift, showers of blessing. Is our gift to you. Um, apologies, sorry that it's. I think a lot of people is disrupting their days, like the flood and all of that. Say, you don't want this gift. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Um. I bring greetings from Pastor Dami and Pastor Michael. They are currently in um, Ibadan, University of Ibadan. Um, you know, just attending the 25th anniversary of uh, Vessels of Honor Foundation. For those of us that don't know Vessels of Honor Foundation, that's the fellowship that Pastor Dilly founded um, when he was in school. Yes, so VHF. Uh, so I bring you greetings from Pastor, Pastor Dami and Pastor Mike and Pastor Itoro. Although I didn't see Pastor Itoro, I'm sure Pastor Itoro was, was is hiding at the back somewhere in the congregation. But from Pastor Itoro as well, Pastor Peace and I are here holding the fort virtually and physically. <laughs> uh, so it's it's been an amazing experience so far. Uh, I, I attended just a bit before coming on here. Um, it's, so, it's so amazing to know that we are part of a rich heritage of consistency. You know, just even just looking at it against the backdrop of what we are discussing this season. You know, one of the testimonies that we kept hearing over and over again is, you know, Pastor Dele's consistency is, is tempo. The fact that, you know, one of his friends and comrades even said that the same Pastor Dele that he knew in 100 level is the same person today. And that's just huge. That's just a huge testimony. You know, before when I was young, when people would tell you, ah, you have not changed, or you look like you have never even changed, it seems like an insult. You know, oh, you have not changed. But sometimes, like when people tell you you have not changed, you have not changed, I think it's 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 it lends credence to how consistent you are. I mean, in the good things, anyways. When, when people say, Oh, ah, look at you've not changed much, you know, it's <laughs> yes, it's it's a good, it's a compliment, actually. Oh, you've not changed much. Um, as long as it's in the good things, it's 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 actually a testimony to say that this person has been the same, you know, this person has not in these things, oh, this person has not changed, you know. This we've we met this person like this, and 25 years, 27 years, 30 years down the line. Uh, this person is still the same. This person is still going hard and fast and far from God. It's really, really amazing. It's really, and it's a testimony that you know when 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 Pastor Taiwo shared it, I just I said yes, God. That that is me. That is me. Thirty years down the line, you know, and I and I pray also that is all of us as well. Thirty years down the line, forty years, fifty years, would still be found in the house of God, you know, praising Him. You know, and serving him, you know, and just holding fast to that testimony of grace. Hallelujah. So, seventh installment of the excellent spirit. When Pastor said that, we have an, we have another installment. I was like, ah, eh. Pastor, there's still something to teach after after those two heavy episodes that Pastor taught over the past two weeks. But thank thank God for the Holy Spirit and thank God for light. You know, there is light available. And because the Holy Spirit always takes us into deeper and deeper as long as there's that demand. So I thank God for what we're going to be learning today. Um, what I'm also going to be learning, um, 
beyond what I've written, I'm sure that the Holy Spirit will communicate his insights and what he wants us to glean tonight. Uh, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and glory. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Father, because you are so, 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 so mindful of us. And that's why you send us your word in season, in such robust measures. Heavenly Father, we thank you because we know that your word coming into our hearts is going to profit us each and every person attending service today that has attended this has taken part in this series one way or another lord we declare in the name of jesus that we begin to see the profiting in our lives in the name of jesus these words become flesh they take on flesh men begin to see the glory as the one that is only can only be begotten of grace and truth thank you father because each person begins to see the effect of the word in their lives in the way they speak in the way they act in the way they in their demeanor in in, in the way they do things in the name of jesus thank you father because you furnished our heart with understanding thank you father for watching us tonight in jesus mighty name of pray amen and amen hallelujah are we ready? Ask your neighbor, say, are you, neighbor, are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, so, I want to start with, because it's been six, it's been six installments, right? So what I want to start with is first a, a recap, just to run us through um, what we've shared over the past, six weeks obviously not to run through points by point but just a brief summary of each installment you know pastor peace again um opened the series um where he taught us you know he gave us he gave us some deep truths on on excellence and the things that stood out for me um or this the points i would like to bring across or the summary i'd like to bring across is he said that god demonstrated excellence in the creation of the world and in the salvation of man, God demonstrated excellence in the creator of in the creation of the world and the salvation of man. He said excellence seeks clarity. You know, excellence is displayed in consecration, in calmness and composure, and in compassion. And he says compassion is the origin of innovation. Compassion is the origin of innovation. And one of the things that just stood out for me when I when I just saw that and when I you know went back to that is Compassion is the origin of innovation, and how that the way Nigeria would move forward is when people begin to have compassion on one another. People begin to put themselves in the shoes of another. You know, um, Nigeria, Nigeria state today is not just a by is not just a a factor of it. It's not just because of its leaders because we've had bad leaders over time. What has happened and which is even more dangerous is how that you know corruption has filtered into the into the masses into the psyche and the mentality of a lot of people where a lot of people think that they need to be corrupt to get ahead you know they need to eat their own piece of the national cake and when they mean eat their own piece of the national cake is to you know is to you know chide your brother chide your sister there's no compassion in the heart of people and that way the country cannot move forward just like pastor said if we do not have it's not just about having leaders at the helm it's also about you know it's also about each and every one of us being leaders in our own individual places and that's why even this series is all the more important you know the spirit of excellence and how we've been saying that you know the spirit of excellence is not just in the in, in the output it's not just in the basket of tomato you're selling that people can see people can see tomato on top of the basket but underneath the the tomato is like palm palm leaves and everything just to you know just to just to cheat the person that you're selling to right compassion is the vehicle of innovation you know pastor Peace said that uh, then second installment we had pastor yinka where she talked about excellence you know speaks about the executive expression you know of the spirit the spirit of excellence is the entire you know, is the entire value value chain, the input, the process, the output, um, the Holy Spirit gives you a differentiating edge. Grace is not a malfunction of measuring system, and excellence is not just in the doing, but in the character. The third installment we had Pastor Mike, where he talked, 
he emphasized the three C's of excellence. So that's, you know, Pastor Peace talked about three C's, Pastor Mike also talked about three C's, uh, and he talked about um, character, competence, and capacity. And he defined excellence as the character of discipline, stability, and reliability in a believer. And he said that excellence starts in the mind, it continues in the speech, and is demonstrated in life. Pastor Itoro taught us seven things um, about excellence. Uh, he said ex the excellent spirit is recognizable irrespective of belief system. So the excellent spirit is also the result of an internal benchmark only referenced in God. And the, you know, the excellence is not without risk. The display of excellence is never without risk. And excellence itself is, is its own reward, right? And then, you know, past Dami, as usual, shattered tables uh, over the past two weeks. And he said, um, Profound things he said. I mean, he shared over almost 20 things, right? Um, but some of the things he said is feeding is a strategy to indoctrination. You know, choose your daily portions, uh, develop insight driven convictions, be influential. Don't define yourself by your inability, leverage your strengths, um, expand your worldview, measure everything, and always negotiate life. Don't just, you know, Accept what life gives to you. Negotiate it. Negotiate life. Tell your neighbor, negotiate life. Negotiate life. Sorry, it's it's pretty cold here. So I'm just taking, I'm trying to not talk very fast so that I don't miss my words. So we're just going to go ahead with this. And I just want us to backtrack a bit, right? Um, and just to think about it, that what is really the goal of excellence? You know, when we... You know, when we when we talk about these things, it might look like, oh, you know, excellence is a different faculty in God, you know, separate from what you know the entire thing God is doing, like the entire plan of God. So excellence is probably just like a sight and sound thing. Uh, you know, excellence in itself is is key to God's agenda on the earth, is key to God's purpose. Because when you understand, when we understand that first. You know, the Bible says that man looks, uh, God looks at the heart, but it says man looks at the outward appearance. Like man would first look at your outward appearance before they even they they even allow you allow you show them show them your heart. So they don't want you to they don't want to really know about your value system. They want to see your value system communicated in your appearance. You know, God is the only person, is the only being that can see through your outward appearance to actually judge the heart, to actually see what is happening in the heart. But man would not, man would not, you know, you can, you can afford to live a, a double life. You know, you can afford to do something on the outward and have a heart, uh, 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 internal system that is diametrically opposed to what you're doing on the outside. Man would not know because man looks at the outward appearance. So to, in, in a bid to give man access into your heart, your outward appearance has to be right, has to, has to fit, right? And so when we go, when we look at, um, I'm going to, I'm, we're going to be reading three scriptures just as we start this. Um, the first is Zechariah 8.23. So in Zechariah 8.23, right, the Bible talks about the, that 10, 10 Gentiles, who hold on to the skirt of a Jew, right? This says, thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, 10 men from every language of the nation shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you, right? Um, Revelations eleven fifteen also talks about the fact that the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of God and of our Christ. But where I really want us to settle on is in Ephesians, Four. Ephesians four. So in Ephesians four, we begin to read the. We read about the function of you know the pulpits and the function of the key. So in Ephesians four, from verse. Um, okay, yeah. Let, let's start reading from verse seven. It says that, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. It says, therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Now this, 
he ascended, what does he mean? What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the earth, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangel evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness craftiness of deceitful pattern, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So we see a picture being painted here, right? And it's that, you know, Bible says that, you know, the fivefold ministry will equip the saints and the saints will go ahead and they will go and do the work of the ministry. And it says that as long as every everybody is supplying their parts, the body would grow, you know, the body would grow, the body would grow. And so when you think about the body growing, you can think about the entire body of Christ, you know, growing. But there is, there is the church, there is the temple ministry, which is what, which is the preoccupation, quote and unquote, of the fivefold ministry gifts. Like they are the one in charge of equipping the saints. And then there is the field ministry where each of these saints now are deployed into are deployed into the world, right? To go and harvest souls. That is that is the assignment. The assignment of the of the pew is to go into the world to go and harvest souls. Now, when we now just have the scripture that says that God looks at the heart, a man looks at the outward appearance, and we understand that in the field of souls, like in the world, the world is um is the world is sort of segmented and stratified into buckets. So for example, for you have maybe industry buckets, you have maybe like regional buckets, you have maybe like um tribal buckets, you have maybe like geographic buckets, things like that. But the world itself is stratified into buckets. So there is need for these men, these people to go into these different stratifications to harvest souls. And then when we now realize that, see, the way you can, the strategy is not to first come with, is not to, is not to, um, I'm trying to be careful with what I want to say now. Is not to come with. Is not is not in every place that the gospel would take the forefront of your interaction. For some, in some places, what would take the forefront in, of your interaction is the is the appearance, is the works, is um is the appearance, and then your appearance now gives way for the gospel. Your appearance now gives way for the gospel. And for example, an example of that is maybe like in, in industry circles. It's not, you, you, don't, you don't sort of place pl plaster Christ on your forehead and, and just, you know, any, any conversation you want to say, you have to put Christ, you know, you have to put Jesus, you have to put God. No, there is something else. There is a sequel that you're using to harvest these souls, right? So when you think, of, when you, when you think about each human being like every every human being every person every person is every person is representational everybody is representational and i'll give you an example so for example you go to you go to a scandinavian country you just go to a country where they've never seen they've never seen a black person before they have never seen a black person and so you go there you are the first black person that they see you are just you your name is you, like you are, let me use, for example, let me use Tino, um, Tino is typing. So your name is, your name, our name is Tino, Tino is Tino, but Tino represents every black person that country would see. So what that means is that when Tino comes, whatever Tino does becomes 
becomes cascaded to every person that they see after after you know every black person they don't care which continent that person comes from that person can decide to explain from now till tomorrow that you see i don't even know i've never even met him before i and Tino are not even from the same tribe they don't care they don't care about that what they know is that whatever Tino has done in this time that she has spent with us is representative of everybody that looks like Tino, right so let's come to a, a place where they've met They've met Af they've met black people, right? But you are going to be the first Nigerian they see. They've never seen a Nigerian before. I mean, they know that they are different black people. So they meet you like, oh, okay, which where, which part of Africa are you from? You said, oh, I'm Nigerian, and they've never seen any Nigerian. That maybe that set of people they've never seen any Nigerian before. You again become you become a representation of every Nigerian they would see. So if you do well, if you do well, that. The, their response and their joy about what you've done becomes extended to every other Nigerian that they see, no matter the, no matter the, the individual Nigerians like traits or attitude or habits or or character. No matter the fact that the first person they saw is Tinu, and Tinu is a Nigerian, and Tinu did so amazingly well. Tinu, you know, comported herself very well. That same response and that same privilege or whatever they've whatever they've accorded to you know, becomes accorded except otherwise somebody proves them wrong again and even when even if somebody proves them wrong they already have Tinu as a background template so Tinu is sort of like the common is the common and then that person becomes sort of like a sort of like an exemption oh okay this person acted this way and they probably need like maybe three or four people to come and now override the 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 idea or the disposition that they have towards Tino. Now I say that to say this, we are in the field of souls. No matter where you are, no matter as a Christian, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you are always in the field of souls. You are always in the field of souls. Never forget that. You are all, it, 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 can, it can seem like it's such a pressure, but just know you are always in the field of souls you are always representing as long as you're a christian you are always you you are always an ambassador there is no time in your life there is no time there is there, you, you do not have an off day from being a christian like you don't have there is no off day there is no day where you say okay you know how um maybe celebrities will say oh i'm going to have a i'm going to have an off day today and the day is the day that they have an off day that they decide to do something funny that the paparazzi catches them and it's plastered all over media and it's sort of like okay it's just this day that i decided to have an off day that you guys now decided to have a feast and it's like that you are never there is no off day for a christian there is no day where you are not communicating something there is no day where you're not saying something with your lifestyle with your attitude with the way you're speaking with the way you're looking there is no day there is no day as long as you as long as you have, because that is the entire agenda of God. That is the entire purpose. You have been brought in and you are, you are going to be bringing other people in as well. So understanding that you're going to be bringing other people in as well makes you just cement that fact that there is no off day, right? So when you understand that the contribution, like Ephesians 4 says, right, it says that the old bodies joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working of every part as long as every part does its share it says it causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love that means that everything that we are doing everything that i am doing or like everything i do can either cause the progression of the of the work of the body or the detraction of what we are doing as a body. I hope you got that. Everything I do, everything, every, everything I do in the field of souls, everything I do outside, every because I am a repre representation, everything I do can either cause a progression in our purpose as a body, as the body of Christ, you know, each person contributing their part. Because just imagine, imagine it as an arithmetic, right? I am, this is, we are as a body now, we are at 20, right? We are at 20. If I do something and uh, whatever I do is plus three, 
what we become as a body is 23 at, by the time I'm done. If I do something and then whatever I do, it doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter whether I'm in Sri Lanka. It doesn't matter whether I'm in Afanchan. It doesn't matter whether, so it's not about, oh, okay, I'm in Nigeria. Whatever I'm doing in Nigeria cannot affect the entire body. That is a lie. The spirit of excellence is not just in, in us, in silos. So the Holy Spirit is not saying that, oh, I'm, whatever I'm doing in Sinka is exclusive of what I'm doing or is not, is not inclusive of what I'm doing in the entire body. No. The Holy Spirit is, in, is, is working with us individually, but as a collective, is also working something as the spirit of excellence. So whatever he's doing as the spirit of excellence in us is not, is not, ex, is not excluded from the entire agenda of God. That is at one level. At the second level, whatever he's doing in me as a person is not also excluded, right, from whatever he's doing in everybody. So I am always a part of a collective and i must think of myself that way that i am always a part of a collective tell your neighbors that you are always a part of a collective see you are always everything you do you are always a part of a collective so whether wherever i'm at wherever no matter where i am just like for the Nigerian, just like the example I made of, no matter where Tinu goes, whatever she does, she might think that, oh, I'm just a Nigerian, you know, somewhere far away from Nigeria, miles away, maybe it probably took her like a three-day journey to get there. So she's like, there is nothing I want to do here. And you know, Tinu is an amazing, lovely person. So this example I want to use is in no way, is in no way related to Tinu whatsoever. I'm just using her name. So, you know, Tinu just thinks, oh, there, no, no matter what I do, you know, there's there's nothing, nothing. Not, it can't affect any Nigerian anywhere. Like, I'm just me, you know, I'm just me. It's my life. It's, again, that's another thing that we hear, you know, talking about, you know, it's my life. I just want to live my life. It's my life. You know, and then Tinu goes to that far, far away place that, that, like, took her, like, three days to get there from Nigeria. And she decides to do something with a very, very off attitude, you know, and just paint, paint, does something in a bad way, right? But what she has thought is, I only did it, like, I only did this as, you know. However, what they have thought is, this is a Nigerian lady doing this. You know, for every other Nigerian lady or Nigerian that comes, they plaster that same response on the person. So before the person even has the, before the person even has the privilege or the opportunity, to do something, they've already they've already ascribed to the person a reaction. Like the person already comes to the reaction, and like we see this every day. Sometimes as Nigerians, you know, we see this every day because of what some other Nigerians have done, right? So also for the body, whenever you do anything, you are either pushing the body forward or delaying the progress that the body is making. For example, the story of Mahatma Gandhi that said he would have been a Christian if he had not met one. So imagine he did not meet that Christian. You have, it would have been very easy for Mahatma Gandhi to get saved. And who knows the number of people that will have been saved through him you know, by the help of the Holy Ghost. But that Christian he met because of a foul attitude, because that Christian did not allow the and which, I'm which is what I'm going to touch on next. You know, he, that Christian had not learned Christ. In fact, that Christian was actually not a Christian. But he met somebody that proclaimed himself as a Christian, and that person sort of detracted the work that the body, like the progress of the body. He, he, he added a negative to the body. So what you want to ask yourself is, in this, or what we want to ask ourselves, is in, in the way we engage our Christian journey and our Christian heritage, are we actually learning Christ or are we just adopting a religion? Because really, Christianity is not, is not, is not inherited. Christianity is, Christianity is, we grow into Christianity. I, I, I don't know if, the Bible says the first set of converts that would be called Christians. They were called Christians because something happened, because they saw something. 
So they called, they ascribed them Christians because of something that they saw. They looked at them and they said that these people, they are like Christ. There is something about Christ that these people have learned. They have learned. And the, the learning was evidenced in their doing. So it wasn't that they came to them and they started speaking everything that Christ told them. They didn't start reciting, you know, the sermons on the mount, the different parables of Christ. No, they had translated these parables. They had translated these sermons on, sermons on the mount. They are translated into, into living strategies. They are translated into the way I live, the way I talk, the way I walk, the way I respond, the way I constrain myself, the way I do things. They are translated it so that these people saw them and said, mm -mm. There's only one person we can ascribe this person to, and that person is Christ. So also, when we, when we are in the field of souls, it's not just about our Christianity. It's not just about what we are speaking. It's about what we are doing. Pastor Yotoro, during his session, talked about you know, Psalm 19, where he says in Psalm 19, verse... Um, I think it's Psalm 19, verse 1. Yes, Psalm 19, verse 1, where it says, Day unto day, utterest speech, night unto night, speaks knowledge. Uh, I'm just turning this, so I don't paraphrase. It says, the heavens, declare, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day, utter speech, and night unto night, reveals knowledge. It says, There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their word to the ends of the earth. There is something that we are speaking. The Bible says the heavens. The heavens is God's creation. The earth is also God's creation. Even in Romans, the Bible says that his creation is speaking about him. His creation would speak. So sometimes we do not need to speak. Sometimes our lives are the actual epistles, like Apostle Paul said, that people are reading. So what that what that does, it's not and it's you know, some people would some people will listen and then think that you know this is this is just a lot of pressure. You know, this is just a lot. I didn't, you know, I didn't sign up for this. I just wanted to give my life to Christ. You know, just live my life and be okay and not, you know, and not and not affect, you know, just I just want to be on my own. You know, I just want to give my life to Christ and then go to heaven and then be okay. No, no, that's not that's not the life that we have signed up for. However, it's not also hard because there is grace. Grace is available. Lay hold of grace and learn Christ. Learn Christ. Let him be translated into what you do, how you behave, how you speak. You know, over the last six weeks, different dimensions of the spirit of excellence has been shared. Weave it all together. Let, you know, grace breathe upon it. Pray about it. Let them be sit into your, your subconscious so that it's, it's the way you react. It's the way you it's the way you respond. It's the attitude because you know that you are part of a collective. You are part of a collective. It's not life is actually not just about you. It's not just about you. It's not just you alone. Your actions have far-reaching implications. If you meet somebody today that is unsaved, you do not have to preach to the person. But can you act in a way that makes it easy, that sows a seed for the next person coming? Can this person say that, oh, this person that did this thing is a Christian? Amazing. Okay, I'm not going to. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's fine. Person is a Christian. There's no problem. Okay. And the person meets another Christian. The same thing. Person meets another. So we are in different. We are deployed to different parts. But our reaction, our attitude, our work, our approach is the same. It's the same. It's the same fabric. It's the same fabric of the fruit of the spirit. It's the same fabric of diligence. It's the same fabric of not being slothful in business. It's, I am, no matter where I am, like no matter where it is, no matter whether we are in industry stratified areas, we're in geographically stratified areas, we continue to learn Christ because Christ is one at the end of the day. Christ is not, you know, this idea where this idea where you know everybody adopts their own truth, where Christ is to every man what it is, what what every man what every man wants him to be. You know, I don't think it's so accurate because Christ is one. You know, the Holy Spirit reveals that same Christ to each and every one of us, and that's why all of us have 
one Holy Spirit. There is not Holy Spirit one, Holy Spirit two, that is not deployed to different people, Holy Spirit grade three, Holy Spirit grade four. It's the same Holy Spirit. And he has one job. His only job is to reveal Christ. His only job is to reveal Christ, is to get us into the truth of Christ. And if you go to Daniel 1, so we're going to be doing some juxtaposition, right? So in Daniel chapter 1, when um, the King Nebuchadnezzar gave, gave the decree to Ashpenaz to go and get and shortlist people, the Bible says the first thing that the King Nebuchadnezzar asked for, right, um, was that, okay, sorry, just some distraction. Um, the first thing King Nebuchadnezzar asked for was for, was people that you know they are good looking and they are they are good looking and they don't have blemish. They don't have blemish. They are good looking and they don't have blemish, and that is where every man would start from, right? That is where every that's where every man would start from. Every man would start. Every man. There is no there is no man that keeps the good looking and you know there is no man or woman. That would skip the good looking, will skip the good looking and without blemish part. Nobody wants, nobody wants to, everybody likes what is good, right? So that's where the shifting mechanism is. So you have you're good looking and you have you don't have blemish. Because even every lady is until at the beginning, it's still it's tedious, it's still dark and some. Or tall, fair, and some whatever, whatever, whatever suits you. And for guys, I don't know, I don't know what the spec is for guys, but for ladies, you know, it's, it's always it's always TGH. I don't think I've ever seen all tall, fair, TGH, TFH. So it's always TDH or TFH. I've never seen a lady that's there for maybe S, you know, you know, short, dark, short, short, dark. Nobody, everybody is beautiful and handsome. So short, dark, handsome. I've never seen. Most people always start from CDH, right? Or CFH, as the case may be. So that, that's where that's where everyone starts from. So you see that if there is no, say Jesus, I mean, that's the spec, Mr. Abibis, is Jesus' Lord. <laughs> so if, if there is no, if you do not fall in the CDH spec, there is already a shortlisting that happens before we even get the chance to speak, before you even get the chance to show the skill and show the ability, you know, there is, there is a shortlisting that has already happened. Shia uh, said DDK is spec. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there's a shortlisting that already happens. If, there is so when I say good looking, I'm not saying that like I'm, I'm not saying features, right? I'm saying that your appearance, a good appearance. You know, the Bible says concerning Christ, and that's how you know you know about Christ's appearance, right? Bible says that the soldiers they cast they cast lots on his garment. Now I'm not sure because he was going to Golgotha, right? So I'm not. It's it's either of two things, no, and I don't think that he probably wore. I'm, this is me just thinking here. I don't think he probably will, or maybe because, you know, this is today's the day I'm going to be crucified, so I'm going to wear my best clothes. Maybe, maybe that's what, maybe that's what it is. But I doubt it. So it it means that at any, you know, sometimes we tend to we tend to think, oh, Jesus Christ is, was some way because you know Isaiah talked about the fact that you know there was no beauty in him that we should desire him, things like that. I don't think that's that spoke to the physical appearance of Jesus. I don't think that that spoke to the that spoke to that spoke to the way he conducted himself and the way he presented himself in his appearance. Because when you when you read about the life of Christ and you sort of the Bible gives you glimpses to his life before ministry, and you see that this this man was excellent. You you cannot dispute it. So to go to appearance. He was wearing, I'm sure that was not his Christmas clothes, like Bishola said. I'm sure that this was probably the way he dressed on a daily. This was because there was even that stark difference between him, you know, and, and John. 
Jesus Christ appeared well. He looked well. So the Bible also says that cleanliness is next to godliness. So because there are some places that you would not get into, there are some places that you would never be able to speak without good appearance, without the way you appear, without appearing right, without appearing right, appearing the right way, dressing up for the occasion. That's also part of it, dress up for the occasion. You know, dress up for the occasion. The second thing they said is that they need people that are gifted in all wisdom. Wisdom is showed in application. Wisdom is also showed in speech. You know, people are wise by how they, when they speak, you know, that, oh, this person is wise. You know, it's also how they apply things. How they apply things and how they speak. Jesus was wise. You, you can't, you can't, we can't even fault that. It's several examples of that. So when we begin to learn Christ, when we begin to, you know, sort of break down this Christ infrastructure, like the Bible says that we have not so learned Christ. When we begin to learn Christ, we begin to see how these things apply to our lives. These different dimensions, appearance, speech, attitude, you know, response and reactions. Because this is what, this is what man would see in the field of souls. Outside of the Outside of, because even in the church, people still judge people by appearance. People first judge people by appearance because men are men everywhere. And if the Bible has said that God judges by the heart and the men judge by appearance, then just accept it like that. That men will judge me by my appearance. Men will judge me by my appearance. So learning Christ applies to everything, everything, because we know that we are a representative, we are a part of the collective. So let's let's move on quickly, right? And so I just want to highlight, having given this, you know, this backdrop, I just want to highlight a few things that we see in the life of Daniel. A few other things in addition. So the first thing we see is consistency. Another thing we see is consistency consistency and this is not me trying to throw shade or you know anything but daniel was daniel was relevant across four dispensations right and this is not a this was not a democratic setting where people are elected and you know elected after every four years after every cycle this was a a, a monarchy like this this was monarchy so it would take a king to die another king to rule, rule for decades, die, another king to rule. That is how we run. So, and, you know, the entire um, exile to Babylon, the entire captivity was about 70 years, and Daniel was in Babylon at the beginning of the captivity. So Daniel would have spent maybe three, four, five decades, right, in Babylon, right? Jesus himself, started ministry at 30 something years. And let's just say that Jesus started work, um, let's say Jesus started working at the age of 19 or maybe 20. That means Jesus had spent 13 years outside of the temple, interacting with people. Like pastor said last, last week, expanding his worldview. 13 years, Daniel, two plus, three plus decades, right? That is consistency in one field. There is the analogy of a sleeping, a, they are called sleeper cells, right? They are, I, I, there was a movie about it in, I think, there's a movie about it some time ago, where these people would be allotted a particular field endeavor, right? They'll be, they'll, they'll be allotted that endeavor. So they knew that it's a strategy. You know, we have an, there's an agenda. The agenda is to infiltrate and when the time comes to attack. So what happens is that they are lot, you know, so they're like, maybe they're like, they're like, maybe like hundred of them or 50 of them. And then they tell this one, at, maybe they, they start to indoctrinate them at age 15 or age 16. And they say, you, for example, you're going into the field of medicine. You're going to go into the field of medicine. You're going to become a medical doctor. You're going to be a, you're going to be a, you're going to be a, maybe a cardiologist, you're going to be a consultant, you're going to work in this space, 
You're, this is what you are going to do. From the moment this guy enters the university, he's not thinking like a random university, he's not like a jambite. He has a purpose. What he's going to do 30 years from 15 years, he puts it in his head every time he takes a course, every time he reads, every time he interacts, every time he goes to the cafeteria to eat, every time he goes to the sports complex, every elective he chooses is dictated by that agenda that they're going to set off 30 years from now. 30 years. Another person is probably sent to the field of mechanical engineering. Another person is sent to the field of construction. Another person is sent to maybe another country. And the old plan is at 30, after 30 years, each of these people have their own parts to play. Some, one of them is probably to, you know, create the bomb. Another person is to probably, you know, keep amassing guns. Another person is to just infiltrate the system and get much more people into maybe parliament or get much more people into some sort of leadership to make decisions. They are often in tune with, imagine, maybe 100 people deployed across various continents, all in tune with one vision and one agenda that is not going to happen five years from now, six years from now, seven years from now, eight years from now. It's going to happen 30 years from now. And they all keep it in the face of whatever it is they're doing. It's called consistency. Consistency cannot be fraught with anything less than an understanding. If you don't have an understanding, you cannot be consistent. You can't be consistently growing, consistently changing, consistently, you know, giving the same reaction, consistently kind, consistently constraining yourself, consistently appearing well, consistently ensuring that whatever work you put forward is your best food that you're putting forward without an understanding. The Bible talks about wisdom. The Bible says that through wisdom, a house is built. Now, when you look at the infrastructure of the house, through, through knowledge, the Bible says the house is established, so knowledge is the foundation. And the Bible says through understanding, it is filled with you know, good and precious things. Nobody sees the foundation. Nobody sees what is inside. What people see is the frame and the infrastructure of the house, which is wisdom, which is application, which is what you're doing, how you're speaking. But that application and that speech is funded by an infrastructure of knowledge and understanding. You can't be continually wise without knowledge and understanding. It's not possible. You can't be continually wise. You can't be continually um, apt, continually on point, continually skillful without knowledge and understanding. There has to be something that is you know, influencing how you're acting, how you're behaving. There has to be a purpose that you are connected to on the inside. There has to be something. There has to be a reason why, see, I would rather not accept this job than accept this job and do a wishy-washy work because I know that this person knows that I'm a Christian. And so if I give you a job that is not good, the first thing you say that, you know, Christians are shady and it makes the work difficult for a Christian that wants to come and preach to you in the future. I may not preach to you. All I need to is to deliver work and deliver it well. All I need to do is to be kind to you, show forth good character. I may not preach to you. I am laying forth seeds that make it easier, easy or harder for the next person that is going to come along the way. So when the next person comes to preach, it doesn't become, oh man, you guys are, no, 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 you guys don't do, uh, you guys are shady. I can't even, no, no, I can't, I can't even hear a Christian house. You guys are shady. And it makes it difficult. That person now has to prove how we are not shady, how we are not, you know, how Christians are not like that, how it was just a one-off experience, how it's not recurrent. No. How about whenever I meet somebody, I put my best foot forward that creates an infrastructure of perception. These people are kind. These people are nice. Christians are lovely. Christians are kind. Oh, I even acted to her somehow, but she did not mind. You know, so that the next person that will come and preach the actual gospel, it will be easy. I have already wet the ground. Guess what? Daniel was a Daniel was an advisor to an erratic king. Pastor Etoro talked about it. How that Nebuchadnezzar had multipolarity disorder disorder. I cannot even because no matter what Daniel did, Nebuchadnezzar was one boss that liked you know having camps of you know employees you know like some people to just have one thought and that people to have one thought so that these people can come and say that oh this these other guys are bad you know he just enjoyed that kind of that kind of setting jesus as well i i know that in his 10 years plus of ministry jesus have had different kinds of people 
You would have had the very lovely client. You would have had the horrible client. You would have had clients that maybe told him that, oh, they wanted one wood from a place that they don't know where the wood is coming from. That's the kind of wood that you would they want they want him to use to, you know, to um to construct their furniture. There'll be probably clients that'll tell him, Oh, I want you to do something in in 50 days and they come back tomorrow and say no 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 i told you it's 10 days you better give me or there are clients that said that oh you know i'm going to give you this amount for this but at the end of the day they didn't pay him this, the amount that they promised to pay him it's not about the environment one of the things that was sure when jesus started ministry is that nobody came out to fault that how can you be doing ministry sir you you are doing ministry so you too you too you are doing ministry how i think can't you just think about like Imagine the, the quality and caliber of work that Christ would have delivered. That his work wasn't a fault to his ministry. If, if anything, his work sponsored his ministry. Nobody came. The, the more, the, most, most people were angry because, you know, this, this amazing carpenter, is, as I stopped, I, I stopped um, carpentry work, now he has gone into ministry. Who will be doing our chairs? Who will be doing our fine? Who will be doing all of those things? That was what they were more angry about. But they were not. Nobody came to him and said that he had built so much credibility with the people he worked with. So that also tells you the quality and caliber of person that Christ was as in the field, in the field of souls outside. So much so that he was able to use different examples because he had, you know, he had applied himself so much across different fields. He had a wide level of clientele. I'm sure the reason he knew so much about fishing, he knew so much about treasury, because he had, he had interacted with his clients. He, he was talking to his clients. He, the ones that told him that, oh, they were fishermen, he got into their business. He got into their business. It was easy. Most of the people that you know that came to listen to Jesus were not people that he had never met before. They were not people that he had never met. They are people that he had interacted with. Some of them he had, some of them he may not have interacted with, but some of them he had interacted with them because he was the carpenter. As long as you had the funds to do carpentry, Jesus was the one you went to. He was the one you went to. So we are representations. And whatever we carry, whatever we do has the ultimate goal in mind. You're not, it's not, because I mean, one person might ask, oh, isn't that, you know, isn't that even conniving? Isn't that, oh, okay, yeah, so you're not just doing anything for the sense of it, you're doing it for a greater purpose. But the greater purpose is an amazing purpose. The greater purpose is an amazing purpose. He's bringing this person to Christ, bringing this person one step closer to Christ. It can't get better than that. So you're not trying to be conniving, you're not using the person, it's not, you are, you are not trying to be, you know, people say, no, 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 I just, I just want to do my work. Mm -mm. There is a purpose behind it, sir. There is a purpose behind it, man. There is something behind it. There is something you're showing them. There is something you're telling them. You're bringing them one, close, one step closer to Christ. Because at the end of the day, that is what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So consistency is key, right? And maybe this is where I'll stop tonight. And it's that excellence is a refiner's game. And so only the refined gains. Excellence is a refiner's game. And only the refined gains. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they were all Jews, right? They were Jews like all the other Jews. To them was committed the oracle of God. They had the heritage, you know, all the people of Israel. But what they were able to do was to convert that raw energy, that heritage, that, those, those, that spiritual heritage into something that people can understand. People can understand. People can, what people can understand. One of the banes of the African continent today is the fact that we like, to, we like to play at the crude end of the value chain. We just like to play at the crude end. We don't like to go up to the refiner's end. We want to play at the crude end. Guess what? There is no optimal value at the crude end of the value chain. Where you find value is at the refiner's end, at the refiner's end. Once you are able to refine, your Christianity is able to you're able to convert this same, it's the same spirit, guys. It's the same Holy Spirit. 
is the same person. Is the same person that works holiness in you. Is the same person that you know follows your righteousness consciousness. Is the same person that keeps you off sin. Is the same person that builds revelation capacity in you. That is not all the Holy Spirit is for. Is the same person that builds up the infrastructure of faith. Is the same person that leads you into your purpose. Guess what? Is the same person that furnishes you with utterance. Is the same person that causes favor to come upon you. Is the same person that forms competency on your inside. Is the same person. Is the same Holy Spirit. The same person. Is not another one. You don't need another thing. And this is an encouragement for somebody. You don't need something else. Is the same one. Is the same Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says, I wisdom, I was with God when he was founding the earth. He says again that by me, princes rule, by me, by me, kings rule, by me, princes decree justice. He says, wealth and riches are found with me. It's, they are found with me. Who is he? He's the wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's the one. He's the one. Is the one is the one that you adjudicate through, is the one that you speak and utter powerful words through, is the one that you, you lead and subdue industries through. It's the Holy Spirit, is the same person. So don't don't relegate the Holy Spirit to the cruel dead of things. Don't relegate the Holy Spirit to you know you're speaking in tongues and he wants to he wants to you know invade the channels of your mind to, to communicate a thought to you, and you're like, no, 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 you block it, you block it. No, no. No, open, open your channels wide. Let him invade it with whatever he wants to invade it with. You know, like the pastor said last week also. Okay, like pastor said last week, expand your worldview. Give him things to work with. Let him be able to paint pictures because we think in pictures. Let him be able to paint pictures in your mind. Let him flood your mind with understanding, revelation, knowledge, with wisdom. Let him help you build the house that people, you know, people pull your people pull your skirt and say, please take me, take me. I've heard that there is a God. There is a God deserve. Please take me there. It might not happen with you. It might happen with five people down the line from you. But please make the job easier for the next set of people coming because we know that we are a collective. We are working as a collective. We are working as a bunch. We are working as a body for, the, you know, for God's renown and for God's glory. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we just spend some time just, you know, praying in the spirit? Malako shanti lebrogo zoto lebragado shafilende librege de si prante shakandes elebreket shatande librege de gelibroto falande libreke takaya gazuso brogadosho. Bible says that he gives is the one that has given us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He says he gives it to us in the knowledge of the Father that we have come to learn Christ. This begins to furnish the infrastructure, the different dimensions of Christ in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we know what to do, we know how to speak, we know how to present ourselves. We are apt in our parents, apt in speech, apt in wisdom. We are skillful in the name of Jesus. We have the infrastructure of grit, of persistence, of consistency within us. We are funny with understanding in the name of Jesus. We propose to These words we've heard in the past few weeks furnishes in the best foot in our lives, in the name of Jesus, when people encounter us, we create an infrastructure whereby the gospel is moved forward, the body of Christ is progressing, in the name of Jesus, we are a reason for the progression of the body, not a detraction. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we declare in the name of Jesus that grace is supplied. We receive help in the name of Jesus. We are helped in our journey in the name of Jesus. It's the same Holy Spirit. You are the same one. Lead us into all truth. Lead us into all truth. Begin to take off portions of Christ and begin to show it to us. In the name of Jesus, begin to 
envelops in the school, commanding the brokosuto of Christ in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. amen. Uh, I apologize for taking some minutes. Um, really sorry. Esther, over to you. Thank you, everyone, for your time. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, team. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.